We love it. I love LA. We love it. Are you having like an experience? What is happening? I'm I'm I've got a sudden case of sudden onset. Randy Newman. Hi, everybody. Welcome to I think you'd be into it, the podcast about your problematic city faves. I'm your host, Brandon Back. Hi. Oh, buddy. That one was rough. Oh, it's super duper was, but you know, the our, our couple Randy Newman stands are gonna be like, hey, that was a Randy Newman song that he was doing badly. Okay, okay, sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. And uh, joining us today is a uh, returning champion. Uh, you know her from Night Church. You know her from the Pack Theater. And today specifically, you know her from her delightful Hey LA videos. Ladies and gentlemen, Holy shit, it's CK Kimball. CK, welcome to the show. Ba-da, 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 the champ is here! I wanted to say that <laughs> all week. I don't know why. <laughs> you also may know her from our theme park episode last year. That is true. One of our first quarantine shows, I believe. What I call in subtitles, Loving Defunkland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I will still often just text you when a new defunct land drops. Oh, I was super psyched and a new one came up. Oh, what's the new one? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't even looked at what it is yet because they were so, he was standing Disney so hard that every episode was something relating back to Disney. And so I'll admit I lost a little bit of interest because I was like veering way more into niche stuff because all the, all the theme park ones will focus super hard on Disney every so often. Yeah. So you've pretty much heard like everything that's behind the scenes in some format. So I haven't even looked at what this one is. Well, it's Adventures Through Inner Space, which is Disney, but it's like like Walt era, not very much video of it, uh, Disney. Like back when the major sponsors for Tomorrowland were like Dow Chemical and Monsanto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it really like this is one of those rides that I've always been sort of fascinated by. But because there's so little footage of it, I never quite like grokked what it was. And this video did a really good job of explaining, like, okay, this is kind of what this ride was, and it was cool. Like, they give you some nitty-gritty, or is it kind of like that uh, uh, Expedition Theme Park channel, where his episodes are very dour explanations of literally what you're going to do on the ride? Which I appreciate, but I'm also going to mock a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's less that and more the the history of it. It's more just like... You know, here's here's how this weird ride happened that was sponsored by Monsanto for a million years. <laughs> Is that why you were talking about the Monsanto House of the Future today? Oh, no, that was my Zoom background for a, a meeting earlier. Uh, so, yeah, to answer your uh, your question, Ari Defunct Land, uh, this episode is a lot more towards the, like, history of of the ride like it shows how omnimovers got invented which is like the ride vehicle for haunted mansion and stuff like that nerd yeah he's this is <laughs> really trying to sneak a mini soda in here aren't you yep yep, yep really yep. want to talk about omnimovers sure do but uh before nerd. we omnimove uh out to the uh southern the california this week omnimovers <laughs> No, actually, um, the thing I'm into this week, but before but before we omnimove uh, to the topic at hand, we're going to go through a quick round of things we're into this week. Don't worry, I can go first. And actually, in a first for this show, I'm revisiting something I brought up uh, in a recent show. Oh, yeah, you did. Tell me this. So I am, again, into the TV version of Snowpiercer. <laughs> Thank you. 
but now for entirely different reasons than I was into the TV version of Snowpiercer two weeks ago. Um, the first few episodes, it starts off, it's very like, like, you know, dry and dark and like, not a lot of like humor or like weirdness to it. It's, it's like just this very sort of serious cop show on a future train. Uh, but then somewhere around the seventh or so season episode of the first season, a switch flips and it starts to just get weird and dumb. And uh, by the end of the season, uh, like there's a new billionaire murder pervert bad guy. There's a giant train that eats ass of other trains. He just keeps walking around the apartment yelling train go sicko mode. Yeah. Yeah, cause cause when it when it happened, I said out loud, that train just went sicko mode, and said that to Beth, and and she laughed hard enough that it disturbed the cat. Which one? A uh, Gil. In fairness, it's not that hard to disturb a cat. All you gotta do is look at them the wrong way, and suddenly, oh, God, you've ruined it. Or like they've they they have they didn't use like any needle drops really for the first season, and then the last like two episodes the music supervisor has started fucking wildin and like they used afro man's because i got high um it, they're it's just it's so fucking weird and wet and what mike o'malley is in there as a, a train cop who just doesn't have time for being in a post-apocalypse and you just keep doing instagram videos about it yeah I just keep doing instagram videos about it um and they they one of the one of the characters uh from the tail end of the train i was like where have i seen this guy before i realized it's just trevor from gta 5 and he's just doing trevor from gta 5 um it it, it just it it's so he's fucking him thankfully nobody fucks trevor uh in gta 5 or in this uh on this future death train why is he racist no he's just like he's like hunter s thompson without any of the redeeming parts he's just not the protagonist no. Oh, he's just not the popular guy. Ugh, I knew that's Ugh. where this was going. Yeah, he's the he's the chaos agent of of that show and of or of that game and a Snowpiercer, uh, uh, really. But um, yeah, it, it's it's still like it's it still has moments where it's really smart and has some interesting things to say about like class and kind of the world we're living in in this exact moment between like being cooped up and like you know all of that sort of shit. Balanced on top of just, like, pure fucking, like, anime bullshit. Um, and I liked it at first, but I have become obsessed with it now that it's gotten super fucking weird. Um, so, yeah, uh, Snowpiercer, the TV show, uh, if you're looking for a, a, a wet and wild time, uh, 1,034 cars long, uh, check out check out old Snowpiercer. Um, also, yeah. and Je also Jennifer Connelly does an episode where she's basically just doing, uh, the thing and then mouse hunt and it rules. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a wet and wild time, go to sci-fi channel. Just like you expected. <laughs> actually TNT actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm into this week. 1001 cars long. All right. <laughs> uh, Beth or CK, what about y'all? Um, I can go. I've been actually. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, into it might be a strong word for this, but it's what <laughs> I've been watching. Fair, <laughs> been, fair. I've been watching because I had to spend twelve hours straight finishing a project the other day because the you know life and choices. Um, I, I've been watching a lot of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which I had watched like the first season in like four episodes of when it first aired. And um, I mean, like, it's good to have on in the background because I don't need to pay attention to it because I vaguely, basically the same thing happens every episode. And it's just so stupid. It's so funny because the DC TV universe is basically the whole theory of it is just metahumans exist and we're going to make it everyone's problem. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm enjoying it as background noise. It's fun. It's stupid. It's got a little bit of drama. Uh, and this is the one with uh, like Arthur Darvill. Beth, and, hold, uh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fine, fine. Sorry, on, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, I got, I got, I got, I got a big, I got a stake in this. Uh, Beth, I missed uh, how you started. Did you say Titans? No. 
I'm watching Legends of Tomorrow right now. Titans is next on the list. Oh, never mind. Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> is just, like, really stupid. Um, and, like, so many things happen, and I'm just like... Sweetheart, you don't know stupid until you've watched Titans. I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of words about Titans, mostly because I am a Doom Patrol simp right now. I loved Doom Patrol. Okay, when you get to Titans, we're going to have to have a whole, like, back and forth thing. It's going to be mostly us talking over each other over and over again. But, okay, when you get there. But sure, Legends of Tomorrow, it seems fun. It's fine. It's stupid. It's great background noise. And uh, I, things happen, and I'm just like, they're just so dumb. They're so dumb. And, like, the writers think they're so clever. I think you probably heard me, Brandon. At one point, I was just yelling, that's just the fucking Hall of Justice, DC. You can't fool me. Oh, my God, Beth. I need you to watch Titans. It's so fucking bad. Go on. Let's just move on with our lives. I mean, I can't wait. I really, truly, I can't wait. I, 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 uh like a month or two ago like live tweeted when i watched aquaman which was <laughs> fucking poetry it was poetry it was so dumb i was like i can't even hate this it's just so stupid i love it yeah because it has a, an octopus playing drums it rules <laughs> yeah like the little mermaid oh they just made that up <laughs> dicks yeah i just oh my god just fucking chef's kissed in the universe. I mean, one of our first episodes was me yelling about how much I love Jupiter Ascending. So, like, That's people true. know my my niche. It doesn't have to be good for it to be good. <laughs> so. Oh, hell anyway, yeah. anything you're into this week, CK? Oh, man, I got a couple of I got a couple of weird things. You know, what's weird is that I had a whole thing ready to go that I'm into. But the thing I'm about to say, you just reminded me of. But it seems weird because it's within our own friend circle. Okay. Should I do it? Okay. Yeah, do it. Do it. I'm fucking into Jupiter's posts this week. Okay. Because I don't know if you guys saw it, but last week he's been like building his whole brand over this entire quarantine. It's just been getting more and more and more specific. And then last week he shared a YouTube video that he had built about everything that involves his mom. And I don't think I'm doing anything wrong by describing it because now it's all public. But his mom basically was his cyber bully. Who apparently also showed up at the Pack Theater, which if there's someone listening who doesn't know any of this reference, most of us all know each other from the Pack Comedy Theater in Los Angeles. If they've listened to more episodes of this than not, they've heard about it. <laughs> okay, so his his ex-Playboy model mom, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, showed up there and was a problem who okay. had to be bounced by Alyssa, the art director. Okay. And then launched a smear campaign on Jupiter as though, and I love you, Jupiter, and you said this yourself if somehow you hear this. I, this isn't an insult, but even Jupiter was like, I'm not a well-known comedian. It's really weird that she keeps posting on other people's things like, that Jupiter is a terrible human being and don't you ever let him have a career. It's been really interesting for me real weird <laughs> all right yikeroo an interesting online drama unfolds mm -hmm. sounds like jupiter's really ascending damn <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> fuck right off but speaking of fucking right off los angeles that is, that's actually a good transition for la <laughs> yep uh city of lights city of angels uh the big muddy city lights paris uh, the Big Apple, the Big, the big, the big Apple. Easy, yeah, the, big yeah easy. the Windy City, Nash Vegas, Vancouver, Arc de Triomphe. I mean, there's a soundstage for each of them for sure. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, Los Angeles. We all live here. We all love here. Do we? Some. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we're here to talk about today, I guess. Um, so tell us. How did you wind up in Los Angeles? Like, like what what brought you here? What what about this city and its you know smoggy siren song uh, called out to you? Okay, so I was really poor and living out of a bag in uh, Hawaii. At this point, I was on Oahu and I had just been fired from a hostel that I was working at. Um, mostly Specific. just be yeah, mostly then. Mostly just wanted to kind of get someone out uh, in general for uh, reasons that aren't i can't say were but it might have been because a member of staff was sneaking into girls rooms and they had to kind of clean house 
I don't know. Anyway, so at the end of all of that, uh, my boyfriend at the time lived in Los Angeles. And when I was like, so I got to jump off this island and go somewhere. He was like, why don't you just come to LA and give it a shot? You know, move in with me in my studio and see how it works out. And so I did that. So, um, Hey LA, which is, I assume the direction we're going. Um, yeah. Uh, happened mostly because I moved to Los Angeles with my soccer bag that I was keeping together with a bunch of twine into my boyfriend's apartment, which was a studio while we were both really, really, really broke. So I didn't have a car and I didn't have an iPhone. That meant everything involved me walking. Cause sometimes I didn't have enough change to like, I could get the bus to an interview, but I couldn't get it back. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I figured out later, I probably, I could have just walked on and been like, I don't have any money. And they would have been like, whatever, you're not causing a problem. But I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, I just don't have money. So I won't even try. Um, that meant I did a lot of walking and a lot of walking means that you see a lot of random stuff. And LA is just full of all of these just like one off. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, I am I am trying I am trying to talk about my life. If you don't mind, I'm listening, but I it doesn't feel like you're listening. Couldn't help it. It feel it doesn't feel active. It feels passive, Beth. I'm sorry. I heard you. Do we need to do some Meisner podcasting exercises? You know what? I don't even know if this is going to work out. You know, this doesn't feel serious. And this is a very serious story about... I, excuse me, Brandon. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That was gas. That was gas. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> even worse. Um, anyway, so I was poor. <laughs> uh, to, oh, wow. Yeah, that's why it's a major problem, you guys. That yawn. I say poor and you fucking yawn. That's why things are the way they are. <laughs> that's what's wrong with america mm-hmm. they're canceling the muppets and dr seuss mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay so moved here uh, seven years ago that relationship was not a good relationship we only lasted a year um in the meantime i remained not having a car and then i remained not having an iphone for a while so it was a lot of walking a lot of looking at stuff a lot of and a lot of seeing stuff that weren't like big tourist things, but sometimes it'd just be this like very specific graffiti. And I'd ask around, does anybody know what this is? And everyone'd be like, oh no, that's just the side of the gas stations. Like why? Everyone on the East Coast, if you have something that specific on a wall, it's either that you demolished what the important thing was it was there for and built something else, or there was a reason. Yeah, or it was a piece of advertising. Or it was a Banksy. There was a something. There was a something. It was just, I I thought Los Angeles was really fascinating and that people who were raised here or people who were tourists would, for all this weird shit, would be just be like, yeah, well, it's just there. And like, what do you mean it's just there? Like, there's got to be a story, right? Like, what's its thing? Um, I don't know. Someone painted it. And that's like, that's a very interesting vantage point to get of the city, like, as your first uh, experience with it because like L- LA isn't known for its robust public tra- uh, transportation on top of being broke. So like I- I've known a lot of people that like decide to walk in LA, but after they've lived here for a million years, but that's a really fascinating way to get like, see it for the first time. Uh, I think, uh, I think I was coming at it. Um, uh, not to overtalk myself, but I, I have a, a higher, oh, please do. Well, I, I I have a higher sense of what seems to be considered like bravery or whatever in those terms, because I grew up in the middle of the woods and most people I've dated since then have been terrified at anything outside of the city or anything without like, without knowing that something is within like 60 feet of where they are. And I grew up where I could walk for a while in the dark and wood if the moon was bright enough. It didn't scare me because there was, I knew there was nothing scary. I grew up there. Yeah. And then I went from that to, I did AmeriCorps in New Jersey in Patterson, New Jersey, which is not a really great area. And I got really, I didn't, again, I had, all I had was my Cadillac out there, but I didn't really have a lot. I never had, I haven't had a lot of money ever. (laughs) And so there, the only options were to just like get used to the area and walk around and see what was around me because there was nothing else I wanted to do. 
And then I did that when same thing in New York. And then I did the same thing in Hawaii where it was like getting rides from strangers and staying in the people's barns and, and on the beach and in gulches and stuff. So by the time I got to Los Angeles, it wasn't like nothing can hurt me. It's like, I kind of know everything that can come at me from the dark. Yeah. So I'm going to avoid those areas, but I refuse to not be allowed to take my space and walk around and see some shit because I have nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did a lot of that and that was really cool. Um, and then eventually, uh, unfortunately, my dad, well, not unfortunately, I guess, he got wise. I was stupid. I I clued him into how I didn't have an iPhone, which meant I couldn't use apps like the ones that tell you when a bus is going to come or ride share. So there were multiple times where I would just get stuck in areas for hours or would just give up and be like, ah, oh, fuck it. If I have to walk for two hours for a couple miles and get back to where I'm supposed to go, that's better than standing here in the middle of nowhere in the dark. Um, and I thought that was all really cool. And I was like, oh, my dad's going to think I'm like an adventurer and stuff. And no, he was terrified. <laughs> and your dad did not. He did not. <laughs> your dad's like, you idiot. Oh, yeah. He was terrified. He was and because I'm a warrior, I'm still in the family plan. <laughs> he sent, he texts me in the middle of nowhere one day. He's like, hey, uh, I'm getting you. You're going to get an iPhone for your next upgrade. And I fought him on it because I was like, no, I don't want an iPhone because I'll just be staring at it. And I read my books on the bus. And I if I have the I don't want the I don't want it. And he was like, you're doing it. And then I did. And I was right. I did stare at my phone a lot more on the bus than reading my books. But the iPhone gave me something I'd never had before. It's got a camera, man. Yeah. It films. And a progressively good one. It's not bad either. Like the photos, the footage. Uh, at the time, I had an iPhone 4 forever. And that's not great by any standard, but it's totally functional. And so I started recording things. Like I see something really random and I record that and I record this and I just started compiling all the recordings. I had this idea in my head, like I'm going to put it all together into this, like this weird art film that's, and I'm going to call it Hey LA. And it's going to be all these like random things that I see all the time. And I know everyone else does and they're going to see it and they're going to be reminded. And I told it to a guy I was dating for a couple of months. I met off Tinder and he was like, I fucking hate it. And people shorten Los Angeles to LA. I think it sounds stupid. And I was like, Oh fuck. Maybe the whole idea is stupid. No. <laughs> kind of sounds like Mark's movie from rent. It sounds like he sucks. It sounds insufferable, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> No, the whole concept was, uh, the most I did was I used uh, that footage for B-roll footage for uh, other shit. But I never stopped thinking about, like, how much these little things I thought were really cool. And then, as Brandon knows, and you know Beth, uh, we were working on Happy Sappy when it was live. And then it stopped being live because of COVID. And when all the planning and everything was happening, I hit up Nikki, who is the host of the whole thing, and asked, like, hey, do you think there's room for a concept called Hey LA. Thinking with Happy Sappy being a grown-up children's show that this would take the place of, say, in Sesame Street, where they would do kind of like the live-action teaching moments, like the girl taking her llama in New York to the vet. And it was like, it's not going to be cute or funny or being trying to be trying too hard. It's just going to be displaying facts that are fun. And she said yes. So I built the first episode, Hey LA, based on one of my favorite spots, Playmates on Hollywood. And it was great and informational. Interesting. It was a shock because I thought when I proposed it, I was just going to be focusing on like what I knew about it, which was these Eastern European women and this fluffy cat and these incredible pasties and that it was like dingy as compared to all the other exotic shops. And when I did the research on it and found out not only the everything about the Addy building, but Michael Addy, who's a Buddhist, and everything he was doing in the 90s and the 80s with it, and Jesus, I had no idea the history. It was amazing. It was perfect. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's kind of one of the things about Los Angeles that is so fascinating that I think a lot of people don't really realize that if, if you haven't lived here or spent significant time here is that, like, the sort of national perception is that L.A. is basically, like, you know, Beverly Hills, like Rodeo Drive, it's movie stars, it's celebrity, it's that kind of thing. But like, 
everyone in LA is a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like yeah. top to bottom <laughs> fucking weirdo. And there's yeah. so many weird people doing weird shit that like, yeah, there is that strata of kind of like normal kind of celebrity people. Mm-hmm. But like pretty much everybody else in LA is like a really talented weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, and there's also the perception that, like, oh, L.A. has no history, and, like, I'm guilty of making that joke because, like, I'm from New England where things are, like, 300 years old, so when somebody's like, this is from 1930, it's super old, like, yeah, that's kind of funny to me, but... Yes, LA's history isn't very long, but every single bit of it is super fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And not always based in good shit. No. LA is a desert is a fucking city that we put in the middle of a desert and have forced the environment around us and taken over native land and been really shitty to Hispanics. Like there are a lot of not great things about LA, but there's also a lot of really rad, super weird shit about LA. Oh yeah. Like basically everything Griffith ever did was fucking abhorrent, but then he also put that park there. Oh, that's going to come up later. Uh, I did the Trebek open space um, but that mostly happened because initially I wanted to do an entire episode on Runyon Canyon. The problem is, is that Runyon Canyon has all of these different separate pockets of history that deserve their own separate areas of focus, like the outpost sign, the mailbox at the top of the highest crest, um, the actual, everyone who's actually owned the property before it was offered to the city for free. And then the city turned it down and then had to hang it back. Um, but yeah, and uh, as to what you're saying in terms of like, there's all those weird pockets of the history. Um, that was where the Las Posadas episode came from, is that every year, uh, I'm a white girl, if you haven't noticed, and I'm not just a white girl, I'm a white girl from Virginia. I'm like super white. Um, and I came out here and a couple of my really good friends are uh, Mexican or Spanish or Hispanic. And one of them had mentioned one year when... At the time, my roommate had, I'd come in and he told me he had called the police on how many fireworks been happening on Christmas Eve. And I was like, okay, I guess that's understandable. Like, I guess it's kind of late and you were frustrated and all of our houses are right next to each other. And that'd be kind of frustrating. We live in Koreatown, so it's kind of a firework war zone all the time anyway. Um, I told this to one of my, my friend who is Mexican and she was like, okay, well, that's racist. And I was like, ooh do tell and that beget the episode that was specifically about christmas fireworks because if you look at all the commentary around like next door and los angeles subreddit they yeah yeah la next door is fucking next level my dude oh <laughs> it has got some fire every single next door forum in la is fire <laughs> there is a reason that i only quote directly from the reddit subreddit <laughs> It's just like a little more polite. (laughs) Yeah, it is wild. Yeah, and everybody's got complaints. Everybody's got complaints about fireworks all the time, which like, look, yes, that is a specific cultural thing. But also for real, LA in general doesn't need an excuse to set off fireworks. Motherfuckers set off fireworks every goddamn day of the year. (laughs) That's the whole point. A few years ago, uh, for Fourth of July, we went over uh, and hung out with past guest uh, Jasper Sams, um, and we went with her and her boyfriend up to the top of one, of like just one of the hills, kind of, I think in like South Pasadena, so you could see all of L.A. And there were so many fireworks happening <laughs> that like if you saw that at that amount of fireworks at the end of a movie, you'd be like, well, that's a little much. It, it, I mean, it's so rad. I love how much, like, L.A. in general, culturally, is just like, fuck it, fireworks, all the time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much of the culture of L.A. that's really tied into a lot of history. That uh, It's not to be, like, cute about, like, you just don't realize. It's like, no, you really don't realize. Like, there's a ton. I, I'm an East Coaster, too. I am used to the East Coast being from, like, Jamestown and Williamsburg on. Like, nothing is really that interesting like we kind of know what the the pattern and the score is you kind of guess the ending to even a story you haven't heard from the very beginning the west though is completely all over the place because there were i know melting pot is the most obnoxious word ever but seriously it's everybody like one of the episodes is focusing on the circus liquor clown sign and I had no idea when I dug into that 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 was a multi multi generational Syrian immigrant family that's been running that entire liquor company 
this whole damn time. Yeah, it's it's it, all these things that are just so iconic. LA has a lot of like very iconic signs that people from outside LA will even recognize, but they don't realize everybody just thinks, oh, it's LA, whatever, it's a marketing gimmick. But a lot of them have like this deep history of why they were erected and when they were erected. Even like the Hollywood sign was there just to like promote a neighborhood. It was actually originally a Hollywood land sign, and it was definitely a racist subdivision that was built on the lake. I have built 1935 i the hollywood land sign is like my weird pet peeve <laughs> that i just like Go hate off. that people are so into but it's fine um and if you're feeling like you want to see a piece of that old school kind of history you can go up to the top the easy part of running canyon going up the stairs or taking the other side and going down if you look to the right you're going to see a lot of like large twisted metal that's the outpost sign because there was a hollywood land sign and then there was in red the outpost sign right across from it on Runyon Canyon that was celebrating the subdivision of outpost. But that one fell into such disrepair, they never did anything with it. Hollywood land, the land part fell apart, but they built up the rest of Hollywood as we know. I love LA because it's it's just- We love thing. it. But like talking about like the the iconography of it, that's like, have you watched any of the, um, the new, like, I think it's Amy Poehler or Tina Fey show, the um, Mr. Mayor? got ted danson oh i don't watch uh amy puller or tina fey work if i can help it <laughs> okay well that's fair it's it, anyway it's on it's on hulu and i i checked it out it's fine whatever it's it's an nbc comedy it's it's what it's gonna be but i've been watching it and i've been absolutely so the opening credits is a bunch of different like really iconic la images like that like like the circus liquor sign um, like the big donut things and they all say like Mr. Mayor or like the Hollywood Forever sign um, but it says Mr. Mayor and so like that's all whatever and I've been every time I watch one of these episodes I'm just like I feel like everybody else in I feel like there are two levels of these jokes and like one of them really bothers me and it's that like it makes fun of LA very very hard but very earnestly like in a way that's like you can't make fun of me unless you live here yeah. Because L.A. has a lot to make fun of, but we know that. And it, it's with the same specificity that they had on 30 Rock for New York. But at the same time, a part of me is like, if you don't live here, imagine if you're the 99.9% .9 of the country watching this show, you're going to think L.A. is really this stupid. Like, everybody else isn't yeah. in on the joke and it bothers me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the like the one sort of thing that everyone kind of knows culturally about LA is that the traffic's really bad which like yeah that's true sure but there's like a million other weirder things that are more that are more obnoxious that no one knows about because they don't live here there are much better things to make fun of LA for than our traffic well let's break this down okay so um LA is known for being like Hollywood and rich people for sure. Um, except the entire area was initially a whole expedition of the Spanish and then became kind of a melting pot of different immigration and different ethnicities in general. Um, so most of the weird or the like, we don't really what the hell is going under going on kind of stuff is mostly just like ethnicities that aren't white. Um, and most of the people I've noticed who come through, and I'm saying this as someone who's only been here for about seven years, who are like, there's just nothing here. They have never left West Hollywood, or they oh, yeah. might have gone as far as North Hollywood. They're just like, you know what? It's just so expensive, and there's just nothing, but... <sighs> people who refuse to leave the West Side, you can stop listening to this show. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it used to be, it's below Pico now, and that's considered, like, a bad area, even though it's, like, one of the original areas? Okay, sure. I try not to go west of Amoeba if I can't help it, and now Amoeba has moved farther east, and that's fine. The rule will stay the same. Well, let's let's talk about that, too. There's, a, there's that whole other side of it, too, is that there's all these, like, areas that are really amazing that are literally what... LA is that it's what LA is supposed to be interesting about it and uh, yada 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 um and what has been very up in everyone's mind and saving is all the shit that came up in the 1980s and 90s which in uh includes amoeba um the fun thing about amoeba though is while the building looks really cool and you know we would all love to imagine that would exist forever the people who actually owned it didn't want it to keep going because it was too expensive 
but the whole neighborhood was like, no, we're going to fight really hard to make you keep this. Because it's going to be condos now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's unaffordable. There was some other building recently. Oh, they're, they're going through that right now over here in Echo Park for, uh, for Tex, the Parisian place. Yeah. The owner's like, I don't want this. They're like, I don't. He was like, I don't want this. I want to tear it down. Like, it's awful to maintain. It's not even original. It was only built like 20 years ago. And people are fighting in the neighborhood council trying to get it like preserved as a historical building. We're like, fucking let it go, dudes. Like, let's uh, let's be honest. Like, we're still a young country. And so we keep basing kind of our definitions on we have to save things. Because look in the UK, they've got all these castles they won't let fucking degrade. And it's like, yeah, because they've existed for several thousand years more than we have yeah this okay french restaurant is not it i do like the idea of the bob's big boy being there in like 600 years well, that, uh, that's uh, that's what i'm saying is uh i was i was talking to mike about this where it's like you know i, I know it sounds stupid but the whole idea is like it's not crazy to try and save some of these relics from different periods like what mcdonald's for example looked like in the early 1980s is a thousand times different from what it looks like now and it's actually indicative of what was considered important of serving people and all these other concepts i'm not going to get into because that's way too much information but that's not wrong that is not wrong to have that kind of consideration what becomes wrong about it is trying to make that a blanket thing of like anything that is a memory needs to be preserved exactly the way it is right now and it's like "Mm, no yeah that's nostalgia not historic preservation exactly when there are actually things that are very 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 interesting and much older that are being destroyed actively right now Mm -hmm. yeah well it's because like i think in the kind of general uh consciousness and i I think for people that that have that live here too because it it is largely an industry town is that like the history of la didn't really start before movies see here's the thing it's not hold on wait 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 wait. beth hold on hold on one second the history of la didn't start when brandon because i don't want you to murder me this isn't what i think but this is what the I think the general consensus is, is that like the history of LA didn't really start before the movies, Uh which is, which like isn't true, but I think that can sort of be the consensus. So there's not a lot of like effort to preserve things that are before that, which is kind of a bummer. No, that makes sense. But my point is the same, Brandon, is that it's not largely an industry town. People who work in the industry perceive it as such. But the vast majority of people who live and work here have nothing to do with the movie industry. I suppose that's fair. Which is the wild thing, because L.A. is huge. L.A. is the majority of the county. The one time my dad visited, I remember he made some comment. He was just like, why don't they ever tell you when you're entering a new town? (laughs) And I was like, because we're still in L.A.? He was like, all of this is L.A. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's why people get so kind of attached to their neighborhoods, because you can't really classify L.A. as one thing. L.A. is so many things. Oh, yeah. L.A. is a fried egg cracked on the pan before it wasn't hot enough. It's very spread. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what are what are some of your favorite uh, L.A. like landmarks or or things that you would like to show to people as like, hey, this is this is something that I think is really cool about about L.A. Uh, there's a lot that I wouldn't show to people because a lot of it is just Fair. like, well, a lot of it's just like my own thing. Like it takes a the reason it's interesting to me is because I, I learned all the history to it and I don't want to make anyone have to do fucking homework for hanging out and being cool and just want to see some shit. Um, Runyon Canyon is usually a favorite of mine because Runyon Canyon has a ton of history and I've got a thing about the underdog and everybody loves to literally and figuratively shit on Runyon Canyon all the time. And I personally do not think it's that fair because it is the most accessible canyon park in the country, possibly. Like, you can literally just walk off the boulevard and suddenly you're in a canyon. Like It's just there, yeah. It's just at the end of a street. And it has some some of the ruins that if you go straight down the middle instead of taking either of the paths, you're going to see some um, what are now called the ruins. But they're part of different housing, uh, housing structures of when the... Uh, 
uh, some of the original owners actually owned it as a home. And so some of those structures have been there since like the 1910s, 1920s. Like that's an insane amount of history. And then as I mentioned before, you can go up the easy way up to uh, Angel's Rest, which is the second highest peak if you take the first path to the right before you start the infamous stairs. That's called Angel's Rest. And then if you take the stairs all the way up to the top, there used to be basically a giant uh, bench you could sit on. I mean, I mean, literally giant. It was built to look very big, uh, but they've removed it. You can still see the cement pylons for it, but that's the next highest peak. And in between those two spots is where you can see the outpost sign, which we talked about before. And again, that's some major fucking history that was thrown into the ground. So I love Runyon Canyon. I love it. Oh, and the the spiral, the rock spiral that you can see down. The, again, if you go straight down the center past the ruins, you'll run into the rock spiral that's been there for years. If you look it up on YouTube, you will find a white gentleman who refers himself as the Runyon Canyon Mayor. And he was the guy who was going in there and carried <laughs> all of these rocks in and built the spiral and then jerks would come through and throw in a disarray and then sometimes the community would come in and help him rebuild it he'd film himself doing it and i think it's adorable because not only was he doing this but of course he's a working actor of course, of course he is. is yeah of course if you look him up you're gonna find a bunch of interesting stuff in him like that he played old bruce wayne and someone short <laughs> nice you know what i have i'm i am in many ways a terrible adopted Angelino because I don't like avocados and I have never once in the six years I've lived here gone hiking. <laughs> <laughs> we can come with me. I'm in training right now. So I need some people to come with me. I actually really like hiking. I just haven't, but I mean, I grew up where we had hills and mountains and stuff in new England. Like, it's not like I've never been hiking. Yeah. The, the, and the irony being, we literally live at the bottom of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. We live right at the bottom of the mountain. Um, where the observatory is on top. Which actually, um, that, that same, you know, chunk of Griffith has, has one of my favorite spots in L.A., uh, which is the Greek Theater, which is, uh, it's an outdoor uh, amphitheater. It holds, like, I think 7,500 people, something like that. And I've, I've been to the Hollywood Bowl a few times, and the bowl is cool. Um, there's, there's definitely like a sort of cool history and architectural thing to it, but the bowl is also 3000 miles long. Um, and just like, she's so cavernous that like, or not, not, not cavernous is literally the opposite of a cavern. Um, it's just so huge that like, it feels hard to connect to a show. Uh, but the Greek is significantly smaller by like forty thousand people. Are you really? Are you really not about to talk about the tree people section? What is the tree people section? Oh, is it the rich people? What? No, no. Tell me about. Tell me about the 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 tree people. You guys want a story? Is this about how you can watch the Greek theater if you just hike up above it? Yeah, it also involves me on shrooms. Which part do you want, Beth? I, I all of it. Just take your pick. All of it. Real quick, the only reason I know about that area is because uh, one of the bouncers at Stella in Silver Lake was flirting with me and thought that would get me to go up there with him. Like I'm a fucking psycho who's going to go into the middle of the woods with a stranger. Well, who was playing? Uh, uh, Voyager and uh, Foreigner. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who put this on head games? years ago i was hanging out with some of my best friends and mind you for some reason i am the chick whose best friends are always these gorgeous goddamn women who invite me to places with them and it kind of feels like sometimes they fucking forget that they are abjectly gorgeous and i'm beautiful but when you're a beautiful person next to an abjectly gorgeous person you are the bridge troll especially in la yeah, you're the bridge troll to the event. So most, I get it. most of the time it'd be like my gorgeous friends. And then they brought their like plucky little brother. <laughs> same, same. It's like, oh, here, here I am with my two Amazonian, uh, my Amazonian goddess best friends. And here I am, this this small angry woman with a knife. Ah, oh, do, you have, do you have a riddle for me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> two Amazons and a small goblet. <laughs> Well, riddles are my love language, so this is all going to work out fine. So, 
And one of these incidences, um, my girls took me to their uh, their aunt's place, and she has a she has a place with a pool on the roof and all this stuff. And my friends is like, I have shrooms, and I'm like, down. And so we're taking shrooms and hanging out in this top pool. There's a photo on Facebook that makes it very evident of the situation I was in. There's these four blonde women all giving the finger, and they look cute. And then there's me with brown hair for some reason two feet away from them. <laughs> also giving the finger. Very normal photo. Very normal way to take a photo, CK. And we're all tripping. So it's all fine. We're all super normal. <laughs> Everything's fine. Which is kind of the the could be the slogan for every for LA. <laughs> we're all normal. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so like not that bad tripping. So we're leaving and it's like, we had our fun and everything. And my girl, Lindsay turns to me and she's like, so, you know, Voyager and Foreigner are playing at Greek. And I'm like, we don't have tickets. She's like, I know, but I still have more shrooms. I know of this thing called the tree people where you can like go up in the woods in Griffith park and look over and see the concert. Do you want to go figure it out? I'm like, fuck yeah. So we go there and we're in the parking lot and we take more shrooms. And I say to her, you know, it doesn't really work like that. Like you can't like, just like, take more shrooms on when you've already done shrooms it's not gonna make like a more shroom trip happen if you're already happening hey that's wrong guys <laughs> anyone listening that's wrong that's, that's not how drugs work that is not the science nope no. nope no no. Okay. no what actually happens is you and your gorgeous blonde friend end up climbing around the fucking woods and then getting lost about 20 feet from where you started looking each other in the face saying if we go any further do we get bit by snakes <laughs> and then giving up and going back down to the parking lot sitting in the dirt the music starts holding hands and having an amazing time <laughs> <laughs> sobering up just enough to come to the front and then hold hands again <laughs> amazing and then we leave and then walk around the parking walk out of the parking lot down to a neighborhood find a tree we think looks really pretty i'm not kidding that would be i know our neighborhood i know it's i'm well I'm, i might have been buying y'all's house but we were holding hands and deciding about how beautiful this tree was and then i started crying because i was like no one's ever going to know how beautiful this tree is that's all right my friend when she did mushrooms um made us all gather around a cactus and then tell us that she was now the plant liaison and she spoke for the plants like the lorax did you punch her in the face <laughs> no i just kind of let her have her moment and i was like okay sweetie she was just vibing with this cactus it was fine the the end of this is that so we tripped out obviously too hard to go and find where the tree people are supposed to go for sure. And we knew that had happened. And we both kind of felt bad about it. And then the next day she texts me at five in the afternoon. And it was like, I took my boyfriend back where the hell we were. We found the path. The tree people section actually exists. I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. She found it. It's real. Sounds like something a tree people would say. Yeah. No, I've been told it's not that. It's pretty easy to get to. Apparently you have to be sober like some sort of princess. <laughs> oh, you can't see me, but my pinky is up. Look at me. I'm sober at a concert. <laughs> you tell him, Rush. Princess CK, before we wrap up, uh, how could people find uh, more Hey LA? And uh, what are some episodes you've done so far? Um, uh, come and find me at Glitter Pizza Cat. It's my YouTube channel. The Hey LA has its own section for it. Um, the next episode is going to be on Kook. David Buckingham has been building metal art for about 20 years. And only in the last two years has he been able to accept the fact that he's an artist. So I'm focusing the entire episode on a dude who had found nothing in LA and then built everything out of his life. Cool. Um, and also, if you feel cool, please go look at Brian Posehn's video, New Music Sucks. I produced it with my uh, best friend, my writing partner, Jack Bennett. And we I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, the, the cast of that thing alone is friggin' stacked. Mm -hmm. Both of, like, our pack friends and of, like, comedy luminaries. Look, if you if you give me the comedy luminaries with Jack, but if you give me carte blanche to fucking cast something, I would definitely throw every friend I possibly can into it. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, um, you can find me at Hell Yes Brandon across all of those hell sites on the internet. Um, Inkblot is on SoundCloud and YouTube. We've got uh, stuff for that. If you go to... Uh, 
brandonbeck.bandcamp.com. You can find uh, the Fleetwood Mac pastiche I did for uh, Happy Sappy a little while ago. We never should have banged. And CK appears in that video. Yeah, and uh, CK is in the the video at, uh, as one of the members of this band. Uh, and the only... I was not aware that there was going to be pyro in uh, her footage, but I'm glad there was. <laughs> she doesn't read well, apparently. <laughs> and the worst part is like, that was like multiple tries for us to get it right for me be doing it wrong. <laughs> it was fine. It was perfect. Yeah, it's it's you have some of the best shots in that in the whole in the whole thing. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear that, you can download it for a, a, a whopping 69 cents. Um, and my EP Hat and a Hat will hopefully be out very, very soon. I'm angling to get it out, like, sooner than later, which I know I've been saying for a million years. I can just feel Beth glaring at me from the other room as I'm saying this. Beth is doing a little dance, uh, to herself while you lie about this. (laughs) Yep, I could just, I could just feel it radiating through the walls. Um, but yeah, Hat and a Hat will, will be out before it's... Uh, sooner than it's not. I just love you and I want your shit to be out in the world so other people can hear it. I've heard all these songs a million goddamn times now. Let someone else hear them. Yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah, I think that's it uh, for me. Beth, what about you? Sure, you can find me everywhere online at at bscores, B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S with an underscore at the end. Um, I've told that story before if you really want to know about it. 1,001 underscores long. Yeah, 1,001 underscores long. No, please don't put one. There's not that many characters on Twitter. What am I talking about? But you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, but the easiest way to follow me would be to follow the podcast, which is at IntuitPod on Twitter. Uh, and it's hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram. You can follow the hashtags. So you never miss an update. And all of those posts come from my account because I didn't want to make another Instagram account. We're also on Facebook. I remembered that this week and actually posted there, but it's fine. Um, Yeah, yeah, thanks as always to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song, Starting Over is a lot like giving up off the album, Falling is like flying. That's all. That's all I've got. I don't have anything to promote. I don't have anything to promote. What the fuck am I doing? I don't fucking fucking do it. I don't fucking promote. I don't fucking promote. What the fuck am I doing? I just finished shooting this movie, and thank God, I'm... Yo, my bitch is fucking tired! She don't got time to fucking promote, she's fucking working! (laughs) Dude, I I sent Brandon a screen cap earlier of my calendar for the month, with in quotes, Oh, I'm gonna have have more time once the movie's over, said the fool. Said the fool! Yeah, me. (laughs) The thing is that no one on Earth thinks I'm stupider than I do. (laughs) Stupider Uh... than I do! I don't I don't know how to support you, Beth. You're fucking like like drowning yourself. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. That's why that's what I say to her every day. I appreciate your uh your like really uh powerful jock jams intro. It will drive me. I was just I was just trying to I was just trying to get me Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Love you. Yay. Well, all that all that being said, podcast over. Without-